The Christian life, as any form of life, is distinguished by love. Who we are, the sort of persons we are, is indicated by who and what we love and how we love. If I love myself above all things, then I will act in a particular way because the sort of person I am will have been determined by self-love. If I love my work above all things, I will act differently than if I love myself above all things because my actions will have been determined by that love. If I love God above all things and my neighbor as myself, then I will be a very different sort of person than if I loved myself above all things or my work or my belongings or my money. If I love in this way, I will love the good in itself, not just the good for me, not just what's good right now, not just the good I want most at this or that moment, but what is good always and everywhere. And furthermore, I will not seek the good just for myself, but for all people, everywhere and always, because that good is just as much for them as it is for me. This is the right order of Christian love, to love God above all things with all that we are and our neighbors as ourselves. That is, to desire their good as much as our own, because somehow my share in the good is incomplete if my neighbor does not share in the good as well. Whoso hath this world's goods, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his heart against him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? How can we claim to love God, who has created all human beings to know and to love him, if we do not wish to share his life with others, with whom he wishes to share his life as much as he wishes to share it with us? So learning to live the Christian life is a matter of learning how to love, of learning how to love in right order. If we wish to enjoy God, the good which alone can satisfy our infinite desires, then we must learn to love in right order. If we wish to eat bread in the kingdom of heaven, then we must accept the invitation to the life of love that constitutes life in that kingdom. Both our scripture lessons this evening speak of the urgency of this situation, of the invitation issued and the consequences of finding excuses not to answer it. Come, says love, for all things are now ready. Come, for I have dwelt amongst you. I, Jesus, whom Joshua of old prefigured, by my holy incarnation have gone out from my Father's side before you. By my death I have destroyed death. By my resurrection I have restored you to everlasting life. By my ascension I have gone before you into the promised land, which, like Moses of old, you have seen afar off, but cannot enter in, for it is not yours by nature, but mine. It is my own divine life. 
By sending you my Holy Spirit, I have given you the means of sharing that divine life, both now and in eternity, that the congregation of the Lord, now the whole human race, be not as a sheep which have no shepherd. By that same Spirit received in baptism, I now lead you out into the world I have made, so that you may love in will and in deed. And I bring you back in to my temple to offer to my Father in me and with me those you bear back to me upon your hearts. Come, for all things are now ready, and you may eat bread, the bread of life that I am in my kingdom. You may share my own divine life in me. Come. Such an invitation, such a supper, and yet we make excuse. I have bought a piece of ground and I must needs go and see it. Thank you for offering to share your divine life with me, but you've already given me this life of clay, and that's fine. It's not much, perhaps, an ill-favored thing, sir, but mine own, and I'll stick with that. I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I have these five senses that keep my attention fixed upon the limits of what is most immediately obvious and most easily enjoyed. I would rather spend my time loving these things I can love so easily because they are so easily discerned than to have to learn to love in some different way. After all, you're hard to see, and it's hard to see you in my neighbor, so I'll just stick with these. I have married a wife. I have these people whom I already love. I don't need to love anyone else. Our table is enough of a banquet, and there's only really enough for us. So we'll just deal with our food, and you can deal with yours, and you can share your food with others if you want. You seem to have plenty in your kingdom, but I'll just stay here with my people in my kingdom. And the Lord said unto his servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be full. I am not greedy and grasping, says love. All things are ready and for all people. I can satisfy them all. And if you share my life with them, you will have no less than you had of it before. Indeed, you shall have more. The Christian life is a life of love. To live the Christian life fully is to learn to love as God loves and with God's own love. That is the tremendous truth of our new life in Christ. Behold, I make all things new, says love. This should change everything for us. But does it? We should want to learn this lesson above all things. But do we? This cathedral parish is the school of the love of God, of our diocese. Its chief reason to exist in this place is so that we might learn this lesson. Is that why we are here? To learn this lesson 
to learn that this is the only reason we exist at all, for it was the reason for our creation. Today, O oh, that ye would hear his voice. Holy Church places the parable of the wedding supper before us on this third Sunday after Trinity to remind us of the urgency of what she will teach us from now until Advent. She will teach us how to love as God loves, so that when the King cometh, liturgically on the Sunday of Christ the King, in the fullness of his kingdom at the last day, we may be found wearing the true wedding garment of holy love and be nourished by the true bread of heaven that is Christ Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>